chapter uh, number 15. I want to read our text just one more time. In verse 37, the Bible says, And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain uh, from top to the bottom. And now notice in verse number 39, this here gets uh, my attention this morning. And when the Saturian, uh, notice here, this is a soldier. Uh, notice here, he's one of the top dogs. Uh, notice, and when the Saturian, which stood over against him. Uh, now notice that word against means he was on the opposite side. Uh, in our term this morning, he was the opponent of Christ. Uh, He was an adversary to Christ. He had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. He stood against Him at the cross of Calvary. Uh, But notice here the Bible said and Saul saw that he so cried out uh, and gave up the ghost. Uh, Notice what the words of the Saturian was. He said truly this man was the Son of God. And I want to preach just for a few moments of what he heard at Calvary. But notice here, this man here is going through nothing different. Well, my, he's been through a lot of crucifixions in his lifetime. Uh, but little did he know that day when he got up and he was headed out to the job uh, to go through the motions once more uh, that they was going to crucify the Son of the living God. Uh, notice what the Bible says in verse number uh, 37, And Jesus cried with a loud voice, and He gave up the ghost. Uh, notice here that there was no power of man uh, that killed the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there was no that killed him. There was no Roman soldier that killed him. Uh, Jesus did not die from weakness. Uh, He did not die from being exhausted. Uh, But Jesus Christ laid his life down uh, for old wretched sinners such as we. Uh, The Bible said that he had power to take his life and he had power to bring it back again. I'm thankful that he didn't die from being weak. He didn't die from being exhausted. The Roman soldiers had no part in the death of Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, they beat him. Yes, but he allowed everything uh, to happen on that day. God the Creator uh, was in control of the crucifixion on that day. And I want to say here this morning, He's still in control of everything in your life. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He has his, He has your life in the palm of His hand this morning. Nothing happens by accident, uh, but everything happens by divine appointment of the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I say this morning that the Saturian now has met the day that he's going to have a divine appointment uh, to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad I had a divine appointment uh, to meet him. Uh, He came where I was one day and he got down as low as I was and he reached down farther than this old boy could reach up and he put my feet on a solid foundation and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The woman at the well in John chapter 4 she had a divine appointment to meet Jesus. The Bible said in John chapter 4 verse 4 and he must needs go through Samaria. And I want to say this morning that Jesus had must needs go uh, to Calvary's cross. Uh, Why preacher? Because his cross was foreordained uh, before the foundation
salvation of the world. Uh, the cross that's behind me this morning is special uh, to me, uh, but it's not as special to me uh, than the cross that Jesus Christ died on uh, because it was His cross uh, that was foreordained before the foundation of the world. It was His cross that was foreshadowed in the Old Testament Bible. It was His cross that was uh, foretold uh, by Psalms in Psalms chapter number 22. A thousand years before the crucifixion, uh, you go read that Psalms and Jesus spoke. Uh, the prophet spoke. The psalmist spoke of words that would come out of the mouth of Jesus Christ a thousand years before it happened. At uh, Numbers chapter number 21, uh, when Moses lifted up that fiery serpent in the wilderness, uh, that serpent of brass, that was 1,500 years before Jesus uh, would go to Calvary's cross. It was foretold by the prophets. Uh, but not only that, can I say that it was fulfilled. His cross was fulfilled. And I want to say this, His cross was finished. He'll never have to come die again because He died once and He took His own blood and sprinkled it on the mercy seat of Christ and He made a way. The Bible said in our text in verse number 38, and the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom. Notice the power that rent this veil. It came from heaven. I'm thankful this morning that Jesus rent that old temple, rent that old veil, and He walked in His own self and He sprinkled His blood. Oh, the blood that never seen sin. Uh, but his blood died for sin and his blood's the only blood that can cover your sins and he sprinkled it on the mercy seat of Christ uh, making a way that me and you can be redeemed from our sin uh, redemption is only through the blood uh, but notice here this morning the Bible said and when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost he saw a miracle here in himself. He never saw a man that they crucified had power when he gave up the ghost. But here's something different. And notice he said truly, this was the Son of God. That notice I'm interested in what he heard at Calvary. But notice here this morning, there's seven different sayings at the cross of Calvary. And I'm not going to get into preaching every single one of them, but God spoke seven different sentences from the cross of Calvary. I'm thankful this morning that He still had power to speak on Calvary, and it was a message for me and you. But you still remember here this morning, we've all had family members die. And I promise you one thing, that you remember some of the last words that you heard that dear family member speak into your heart this morning. Uh, but I want to tell you this morning, there's seven different sayings from the cross of Calvary uh, that Jesus spoke unto this world uh, before He gave up the ghost. But not only that, there's seven different sayings of the people uh, that surrounded the cross on that day. Uh, can I say this morning that seven is the number of perfection, a spiritual perfection. I want to say what happened on that day when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, the beating uh, that He endured. It came and it was perfect. Uh, the cross of Calvary was perfect all the way from the beginning all the way to the end. Uh, so Calvary's a place of perfection, no doubt. Not only that, Calvary's a place of punishment. The punishment that Jesus endured for my sake and for your sake. He was punished for me and for you. But not only was it a place of punishment, but it was a place of penalty. Uh, what are you talking about, preacher? Uh, there's a penalty for sin, uh, for the way 
wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Like you say, preacher, he wouldn't have sinned. Uh, no, you're exactly right. He never sinned one time on this earth, uh, but the Bible said that he became sin for us. Who knew no sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Uh, preacher, what's it mean? I want to tell you what it means this morning. He took the sin off of this old rotten boy and he put it on himself. He took every sin that you would ever commit, every sin that you've done in the past, every sin that you're going to do years from now, and it was bored on his body on that day. No, he was not a sinner, but he became sinner for our sake, where we could be made righteousness in him. But notice this morning that, that Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary was a place of penalty, but a place of pain. Our mind can't even imagine what he went through on that day. Oh, the suffering, the agony that he went through. He bore the pain where we would have to bore pain. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 53, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet he, we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions, and the chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. In His body He bore our sorrows and our affliction. Not only is it a place of pain, but oh my, 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 to those that are saved, it is a place that's precious. Oh, the place of Calvary is precious to me. Why? Because it was at Calvary where I got saved. You say, preacher, you never been to Calvary? No, but it came to me when I was on my knees praying God to save an old wretched sinner like me. And the blood that He shed on Calvary's cross washed my sins away. Not only is it a place of, of preciousness, but it's a place of peace. No greater place to find peace than at Calvary. But to this centurion, a Calvary is not a place of preciousness. Uh, surely Calvary at uh, this hills a place of punishment, penalty, and pain. But it's not a place of preciousness. It's not precious to him. Uh, Calvary's not brought peace into his life because he stood against him. He was an opponent. He may have been the one that very laid the straps on Jesus' back. He may have been the very one that nailed the nails in his hands and his feet. Uh, well, he may have been the very one that offered Jesus that wine uh, mingled with myrrh, that vinegar that they offered Jesus on that day. He could have been the very one that offered it to him. But now after the crucifixion, I want to preach on just a little bit of what he saw first. And notice here what the centurion saw at Calvary. And notice that a centurion is a captain of 100 soldiers. He's not a little dude this morning. He's not just a peon in the crowd. But all those hundred soldiers that had something to do with the crucifixion of Christ, this man was in charge of it. This man may have been the one sitting in the crowd uh, when Jesus Christ was getting scourged, encouraging them, uh, cheering them on, telling them, hit him harder. Uh, more blood, the better. This man was no little peon, uh, but he was the man that was in control of a hundred soldiers uh, that has afflicted the body of Christ. 
And he stood against him, stood over against him. Saul, notice Saul. What did he see? Well, number one, he saw the betrayal of Jesus. He saw the people betray Jesus. And notice what the Bible says in verse number 12 of chapter 15. And Pilate said uh, again unto them, What will ye then say? Or what will ye then that I shall do unto them, him whom ye call king of the Jews? And they cried again, Crucify him. He was in the crowd when they betrayed Jesus. Not only was, did he saw the betrayal of Christ, but he saw the beating of Christ. As we said earlier, this man had every part of the crucifixion of Christ. He's the one that maybe laid the straps on his back. He's the one that maybe put the robe on his back, planted the crown of thorns in his head. This man had a part in the whole crucifixion. He saw the betrayal of Jesus. He saw the beating of Jesus. But not only that, the most thing that he saw this morning, of one of the most important things, but not the most important, is that he saw Jesus hanging between two thieves. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 27 of Mark chapter 15. And with him, Jesus, that they crucified Two thieves. Now in the Gospel of Luke, he names them malefactors, which is a wrongdoer. But here the Gospel of Mark, he names what they actually are, two thieves. And this Saturian soldier, not only did he see the betrayal of Christ, the beating of Christ, but he saw Jesus... Between two thieves. My, how his mind may have started wondering. He saw the Son of God, who had no sin, hanging between two thieves. And Jesus is in the midst. That's what it says in the Gospel of Luke. You know why they put Jesus in the midst of the crucifixion? You know why there was a cross on one side and a cross on the other side? Two thieves, one on the left hand, one on the right hand, and Jesus in the midst. What they was doing is they was promoting Jesus to being the worst man of the three. He was the worst one. You say, preacher, do you believe that this morning? I don't believe he was the worst one, but I believe he had the worst sin put on him on that day. Because the two thieves, they was only dying because of their sin. They was only dying because of what they done. But Jesus was dying not because of what He done, but because of what we done. So surely, He had more sin on Him that day because He died for the sins of this world. I'll say this, He died for the Saturian soldier. That was a part of the crucifixion. That laid his the stripes, the very stripes on the back of Jesus. He died for that man. I don't understand it. But he died for me too. And the stripes he got on his back was for my account. The thorns they put on his head was for me. 
when they nailed him on that cross, the very nails that pierced the palm of the hand of Christ was for me and for you. So think about it this morning. This centurion soldier is no different than me or you. For he's in the same place that I once was. But notice he saw the beating of Jesus. The betrayal of Jesus. Jesus between two thieves. But he saw the crucifixion of Jesus blow the mind of all. He said, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, there was darkness over the land for three hours at the crucifixion of Jesus. Matthew records a great earthquake at the crucifixion of Jesus. Well, my, something strange about this, about this man that hung on Calvary's tree. That centurion soldier starts running it through his mind. Well, my, there's something different about this man. There's something different. Never, never, never have I experienced in the crucifixion. Never have I experienced at the death of these men that it was darkness over the land for three hours. Never was there an earthquake, a great earthquake, when a man died. But this man, something must be different about him. So we see all this. He saw the betrayal of Christ, the beating of Christ, Christ between two thieves. He saw it blow the mind of them all. But most important this morning, this Satyrian soldier saw the very redeeming blood run down the face of Almighty God. This Satyrian soldier, sure he saw the beating, but it did nothing for him. Sure he saw the betrayal, but that did nothing for him. But when he saw this redeeming blood going down the face of Jesus, that did something for him. And it does something for me this morning that his blood would cleanse my sin that his blood would wash away all of my sins. And he saw all this. Something different about his blood. Yeah, his blood's the only one that can wash away your sins. But can I say this morning that him seeing the beating of Christ didn't save him. Him seeing the betrayal of Christ didn't save him. Oh, preacher, I know what did. When he saw Jesus between those two thieves, that saved him, preacher. No, that didn't save him. Well, preacher, when he saw the redeeming blood come down the face of Almighty God, run down that cross, he may have had the blood of Jesus on his body on that day. But that didn't save him. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If this man was going to get saved, he was going to have to hear something. You can see everything that goes on. You can see the piano being played by the power of the Holy Ghost. You can see somebody get full of God. But unless you hear the word of God, there's no hope for you to get saved. This man, surely he saw marvelous things that didn't save him. Here's what saved him. What he heard at Calvary. And that's what I want to get to this morning. What the Satyrian heard at Calvary. And I'm going to hurry this morning. First of all, we saw what all he saw at Calvary. But I'm interested in what he heard. First of all, he heard words of a rejecting sinner at Calvary. I'm not talking about the thieves on the cross with him. I'm talking about the ones that was around the cross 
This centurion heard words from rejecting sinners. And notice what the Bible says in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter number 27 uh, this morning, the Bible says this about the rejecting sinners in verse number 40. Uh, and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of Christ, a God come down from the cross. That was words of rejecting sinners. It was words from Satan. Because what did he say? He said, come down from the cross. I'm glad this morning there was no power to get him off the cross. Men's works wasn't going to get him down. Men's hands wasn't going to get him down. And I'll say this. The nails didn't hang him there. But my sins and your sins nailed him. That's what held him on that cross. You say, preacher, would he have came for one person? If there has been one person on this earth, this Bible would never change. From Genesis to Revelation. He heard words from rejecting sinners. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 42. The Bible says he saved others. Here's the words from Calvary. He heard he saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. He heard words from rejecting sinners, but not only that, he heard repeating sinners. Say, what are you talking about, preachers? There's many sinners in the house today. They're only saying what they've heard somebody else say about Jesus. Repeating sinners. There's sinners that are lost today in the house. That they're repeating sinners. They don't understand what somebody told them about Jesus. They're just repeating it. They don't know what all went on in the church, but they're repeating the rumors that they heard. That's what these people are doing. These men on the cross, beside Jesus, all they're doing is repeating what they heard other people say about him. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 44 of Matthew chapter number 27. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. You remember what that one man said on the cross? Thou be the Son of God, come down and save thyself and us. Save us if thou be the Son of God. You know what they was doing? They was only repeating what they heard down at the foot of Calvary. They was repeating sinners. Not only did he hear the words of rejecting sinners, repeating sinners, but can I say this morning, he heard words from a repented sinner. And this here's what is interesting to me this morning. Study it out. Jesus said seven sayings from the cross. But there was also seven sayings from around the cross that was spoken by men. <laughs> Study it out. The words that was repented words was the sixth saying that was recorded from man. 
It's real important that it's in order. Because <laughs> this whole Bible's in order. Nothing's happened out of order. The sixth saying that we hear from the cross, not from the mouth of the Savior, but from the mouth of the sinner, says this. Luke chapter number 23. But the other answering rebuked him. Doest thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? For we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. The sixth saying that was recorded from a sinner at the cross of Calvary was this. Fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation. The number six in your Bible means this. It is the weakness of sin. It is the evil of Satan. It is the manifestation of sin. You know how they re- refused Jesus? You know how they rejected Jesus? Why the, the chief priest, uh, uh, the, those chief priests rejected uh, Jesus as their king with six words. Study it out. You know what they said? We have no king but Caesar. Six words. The manifestation of sin. The evil of Satan. The weakness of man. This is even deeper. Go all the way back to the book of Job. Job chapter 1, verse number 9. The devil says this when he comes in in the presence of God. He says, doeth Job fear God or not? Six words. Did he deny man? Six words did they deny Christ. But the sixth saying around the cross was from a man that was going to repent of his sin. And you know what's interesting this morning? That that centurion soldier which stood over against him when I first saw that I thought he may have been leaning against Jesus. (laughs) But if you study it out in the Greek, it means he was on the opposite side of the cross. He was against Jesus. He was the opponent of Jesus. But the sixth saying of men from Calvary's hill I believe pierced the heart of this man. And it was this. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Doest thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our days. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And I believe when that one thief, that one malefactor said it on the cross of Calvary, well, that Sicilian soldier was near. And he saw everything that those two thieves done. Well, he was the one who put them on the cross. He knew what they'd done. He knew the stuff that they've done. He knew they was a thief. He knew they was right. He knew they was wicked. And he knew that they deserved to die on the cross of Calvary. And when he heard one of the, uh, the malefactors, when he heard one of the thieves looked at Jesus, and he looked past Jesus, and he looked over to that other 
thief. And he said, but this man, the man in the middle, he had done nothing wrong. He's perfect. But we receive the condemnation. We receive the reward due to our account. And I believe that's just here, just a cheering soldier around the cross of Calvary. His heart began to tremble. His mind began to wonder, uh, well, truly, if God's going to save this man on the cross that did all the wrong, that did all the thief, uh, that stole something, that did a wrong in this community, that did wrong against him, maybe, maybe, maybe God uh, can save me. And can I tell you, he can, and he did. Notice he didn't get saved when he heard words from a repented sinner. But you know where he got saved? When he heard words from the Redeemer. Because we must say this morning there's seven sayings at the cross. There's been many books written about them. But there's also seven sayings of the men, the people that was around Calvary. And surely this Saturian soldier, he heard all that. He heard all the, the rebuking, all the, the sinners gnawing at Jesus. <laughs> but then he heard the words of a sinner repenting. But lastly, he heard words of a redeemer. Now notice what the Bible says here. The Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, notice there were seven sayings at the cross of Calvary. And notice this Saturian soldier, he heard every one of them. He heard every word that come out of the mouth of God. That notice what the Bible says in Luke chapter number 23 verse 34 is the first recorded saying of the cross and it is forgiving words and it is a prayer God, God the Son is speaking to God the Father in a prayer and notice what he said in verse 34 then said Jesus Father forgive them for they know not what they do and they parted his raiments and cast lots not only that the second words that was revealed from the cross of Calvary is in verse number 43 the Bible said in Jesus Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Not only did he hear words of forgiving words, a prayer to the Father, but he heard words of promise. Uh, Jesus told that malefactor, he said, Today, son, he said, you'll be with me in paradise. I'm thankful salvation is of today and not tomorrow and not yesterday. Uh, but you can get saved today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. And maybe the last time you hear the gospel, if God's drawing at your heart, get saved, get born again. This is what happened into this man. God's beginning to draw him. God's beginning to work on him. Why, why, when, when? Preacher, why and when? When he heard the word of God. When he heard Jesus speak from the cross of Calvary. He heard him pray that prayer of forgiveness. Oh, Father, forgive them. Forgive all these men that laid this to my account. Oh, God, Father, God, Father, forgive them. Oh, they put the stripes on my back. They put the nails in my fingers, in my hands, in my feet. They put the thousands of coins on my head. But, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They know not what they're doing, but forgive them, Father. Not only that, he heard words of, of a promise. He told that thief beside him, he said, son, today he said, you'll be with me in paradise. But not only that, we see a caring words of the cross of Calvary. I'm thankful Jesus is a God that cares. And the Bible says we can cast all of our cares upon him and he cares for you. You know who he cared for at the cross of Calvary? He cared for his mama. Yes, Jesus cared for his mama. 
the same way you do this morning. And Jesus looked down and he said, take care of my mother. Take care of my mama. Uh, but not only that, the fourth saying of the cross of Calvary. I'm thankful I'm not real smart, but I know if there's seven sayings, uh, you got to have three on this side, three on this side. And one's got to be in the middle. I'm thankful the Bible says there's one mediator uh, between man and God. And that is the man Christ Jesus. Uh, the fourth saying of the cross is words from a mediator. And you know what he was saying? Uh, the Bible says in Mark, uh, Mark chapter uh, number 15 and verse 34, that uh, the Bible says this, and in the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Shlama Shabbatana, which is to be interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was forsaken for my sake and for your sake. God is a holy God that can't look upon sin. So when his, our sin was put on the Christ on that day, God the Father had to turn his back on him. He had to forsake him. That's the fourth saying that Jesus said. He's our mediator. He took what I deserved and what you deserved. But not only that, we see the words next after that. Oh, this here will help you. It helps me. If it don't help you, something's wrong with you. Mediator words. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? At that very moment, Jesus was suffering for every sinner that was ever born. Where I wouldn't have to suffer for all of eternity. The next saying that Jesus said on the cross after the fourth saying, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The next word that is recorded from the very mouth of Jesus was this, and it is in John, uh, John chapter 19, verse 28, and he said, I thirst. The Romans mistaked him. <laughs> and they offered him vinegar. And this here's a message in and of itself. I'm going to give you this because we're going we, we're gonna to have a break this afternoon. Most of us has been in church all week. Most of you ain't even been in church all week. So I don't care what time it is. I'm going to give you this. His fifth words. Grace. Grace. G-R-A-C-E. Grace. The fifth saying from the cross, he said, I thirst. Now there's two or multiple times in the Bible where the Roman soldiers offered Jesus something to drink on the cross of Calvary. The first time they offered it to him, they was mocking him. Study the crucifixion. He rejected this drink. He rejected the vinegar. You know why he rejected it? Because what was the ingredients in that drink was a narcotic. Study it out if you don't believe me. Study the drink they gave Jesus on the cross. In the beginning they offered it to him, it was a narcotic. 
it was a it was a drink which the Roman or the or the ladies of that day made and for the crucifixion they would give it to these men before they endured the crucifixion and what it would do is it would numb every bit of their body where they would not be able to feel the pain that they was about to endure and read and study your Bible Jesus rejected the drink all the way through the crucifixion even when they was about to lay him down on the cross and nailed the nails in his hand he rejected that drink I want to tell you something this morning church he was doing his service for the Lord Jesus Christ and this here will help you most of you in here this morning will miss out on the service of God because you don't want to suffer for him He went through suffering for me and you. He rejected that drink. Everything that he went through on the cross of Calvary, his service to the Heavenly Father, he felt all the suffering, all the pain. We got Christians today, they'll limit their service because they don't want to suffer. They'll limit their service for Jesus. Because they don't want to suffer. But now we find him the last saying. He said I thirst. The first time they offered the drink of Jesus. It was a misunderstanding. But now it's in mockery. No. The first time it was mockery. This time it's misunderstanding. They didn't understand what he was saying. And we won't either if we don't study it out. He said, I thirst. He didn't thirst a physical thirst. (laughs) He thirsted a spiritual thirst. Because he was being judged for mine and for your sins. Luke chapter 16, I believe it is. The rich man died and went to hell. You remember his words? He said, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. Lazarus wasn't thirsty. You don't have to be thirsty this morning because Jesus Christ thirst a spiritual thirst where me and you will never have to thirst a spiritual thirst. Can I tell you this morning, I'm saved by God's grace. Uh, the words will never come out of my mouth in hell because I'll never go there. But the words will never come out of my mouth in Lazarus. That way he dip his tip of his finger in water and go my tongue for I'm tormented in his flame. Jesus thirst a spiritual thirst for mine and for your sake. Not only that, But he heard finishing words. He said, it is finished. Then he heard words of completion in Luke chapter number 23, verse number 46. And when Jesus cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hand I could mend my spirit. And And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Completion. But then we find that this centurion soldier, he heard all this. 
He heard Jesus said, I thirst. He heard Jesus say, it is finished. He heard Jesus say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He heard Jesus speak from the cross of Calvary, uh, take care of my mama. He heard uh, Jesus say, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And you know what happened? And in this man's life, the Holy Spirit began to draw him. You know what happened when Jesus Christ began to speak? Jesus knocked all the wax out of his ears. He put new ears on him. He took the old ears off that was dead. And he put on the new ears in which he could hear. And the Spirit of God and the Word of God was going into his head and going down to his heart. And because of that, this man got saved by... By the grace of God because he heard the word of God but he believed it because his last words was truly this man was the son of God. 